0: This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. You
1: know, for over 15 years, Gowan Canada has focused our deepest
0: respect for science and passion for agriculture to help growers work toward the results they need to grow profitable crops. Herbicide resistance is a growing challenge, and chemical rotation is king. Our Muddy Boots approach to understanding crop protection challenges helps us deliver the right solutions for sustainable weed and pest management. To see the full list of products, go to GowanCanada.com. That's GowanCanada.com. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada.
1: Hi, my name is Alex Bernard, editor of Top Crop Manager East, and I'm speaking today with Kelly Daynard, executive director of Farm and Food Care Ontario. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Uh, so for those who might not know, could you tell us a little bit about Farm and Food Care? Sure. We are one
0: of three farm and food care organizations across Canada. So I am coming to you from Ontario, obviously. Uh, We are an agricultural outreach organization. So we are funded by farmers and farm organizations and agribusinesses across Ontario uh, with a mandate to answer the public's questions about where their food comes from. And uh, we have fantastic sister groups in Saskatchewan and Prince Edward Island that we work with on a number of projects.
1: Nice, and I suppose the real dirt on farming—the publication you just put out—would be one of those.
0: Yeah, the real dirt on farming is uh, is really one of our true uh, flagship pieces, and I think a lot of people may not have heard of Farm and Food Care, but then they see the magazine and they say, "Oh, we know that magazine. We love that magazine. We use it." You know this this booklet. Uh, When we started this publication in 2006, I don't think we ever had any idea how wildly successful it would be.
1: That's exciting. And I mean, it's an excellent way to or an excellent resource people have that they can direct other growers or, or consumers to that kind of builds that bridge.
0: Absolutely.
1: And so, you know, people
0: often say, you know, why does a group in Ontario write a national magazine? And uh, I would always answer the question as simply as because nobody else was. Mm-hmm. And when we first published this book back in 2006, we were called the Ontario Farm Animal Council, and we really felt that there was a gap in information that answered those top questions people have about where their food comes from. So I was I was lucky enough to be part of that book back in 2006. I remember, it's a funny story, but I remember we printed 15,000 copies thinking in this new internet world, that would be all we'd need because of course everybody was going online and we were so wrong. And uh, since then, I think we've, by the end of this edition, we will put out about 5 million copies of this booklet across Canada. So I love that, you know, anybody can use this booklet. So I always say to farmers, you know, keep it in your library and uh, so if you're asked a question about something that you're not an expert on, you've probably got it at your fingertips or keep a stack of them in your car because you never know when you're going to have a conversation with somebody that, you know, you could say, oh, I've got this great booklet. Let me leave it with you and it might help answer your questions and more. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yes. Tell us a little bit about what people can find inside the Real Dirt on Farming.
0: We really wanna be that one-stop shop to answering public's questions about where their food comes from. And so we we get a pile of questions in a year at events like the CNE and the Royal Winter Fair and the tours we run for students and, and you name it. But um, we also work with the Canadian Centre for Food Integrity. They do some amazing consumer research every year where they say, you know, what are you worried about? What are your top questions and concerns? What do you want to know more about? You know, right now we're really seeing uh, from that CCFI data released a couple of months ago that, you know, consumers are so hyper-focused on inflation. You know, how do I feed my family rising costs of food and fuel and everything? And so, you know, the the look of the booklet, it's, it has been called The Real Dirt on Farming since 2006, but you really see a shift in the topics that were really important to Canadians back then and the topics that are important now.
1: Yeah, having been with the publication since its its inception, you can kind of watch the trends change along with the data that you're getting from other sources, so... What are a couple of the major trends that you've seen?
0: Well, I'll, I'll go back to that 2006 version because I helped write it. Uh, BSC was still top of mind in Canada, right? The mad cow crisis had just happened. Uh, so that was a huge focus uh, of that earlier booklet. You don't even find it in the current one anymore because, you know, that concern is long gone. This new booklet focuses a lot on food inflation, um, food waste, food waste food security in canada or insecurity as the case may be so really covers a lot of those trends conversations about you know growing food in uh, more remote parts of canada like in the north we profile a company that's doing some amazing work in in the far north of canada to bring fruits and vegetables into the people that live up there um, urban farming uh, was not a topic in 2006 and and it is a real topic now so yeah i I'd, l- I'd like to think that we we follow the trends and stay in front of them and that this booklet you'll you'll still always have people wanting to learn about where do animals live you know why do cows live in that type of environment or pigs So those topics remain constant through, but, you know, climate change, also a really big increasing topic in this issue and the last one and was not as big a focus 15 or 18 years ago.
1: And I imagine with the growth of technology too, that's, it'd be interesting to trace what technology was important and and cutting edge in each of the additions.
0: Right. You know, we're focusing on um, drone usage in this one and robotics, you know, the labor shortage in Canadian agriculture is a real focus in this publication so talking about some of the new technologies coming on board that that may help farmers in the future or you know, horticultural operations, etc. So, yeah, I love seeing it. It's it's really a shift in you know where the world's going. Funny side story: I just uh, renovated my house. I live in a hundred-year-old house, and I got my contractors to hide a copy of the Real Dirt on Farming in the walls with a little letter from me, so that you know whoever renovates that house another hundred years from now is going to find a package all wrapped in plastic from me with a copy of the Real Dirt on Farming in it.
1: There you go. They'll be able to track probably future issues of the Real Dirt on Farming too. Exactly. Yep. That's exciting. The Real Dirt on Farming, it also features a lot of like not farmer profiles necessarily, but it it includes a lot of photos and references to actual farmers. So it kind of humanizes agriculture in case that's something people were having trouble with. We really want to put a
0: face on our amazing industry kind of from coast to coast to coast. So uh, we spend a lot of time as a team and with our amazing writers. This year's the the writing was led by Lillian Cher and Matt McIntosh, who are two totally amazing freelance ag journalists in Canada. But we really wanted to tell stories of the people Because I think if you're thinking about careers in agriculture, you might only think about that little box of a primary producer a farmer. And so in this booklet, we have chefs, we have registered dietitians, we have indigenous agricultural leaders, we have researchers, we have, you know, you name it. We have young farmers, we have more seasoned farmers, we have Hall of Fame inductees, we've got people trying some smaller niche crops like canary seed. So there's about 30 profiles throughout this booklet. And then through our Real Dirt on Farming website, we will continue to add profiles to it kind of over the next three years of the life of this publication.
1: Okay. Now, if farmers wanted to get involved either in the magazine or farm and food care in general, is there a way for them to do that?
0: Yeah, so if they want to get copies of this booklet for their own use, obviously we um, we do make them available online for ordering. Uh, that's realdirtonfarming.ca is our website where you can uh, you read the book. Uh, we post all of the sources on there. I think a really important side note on this is, we bring in a team of industry experts from across Canada. So they are scientists, they are animal welfare experts, they are people working in every sector of agriculture, because at the end of the day, it's really important to us that this booklet be science-based and super credible and that we can back up every single fact in it. So uh, all of the sources, hundreds, literally hundreds of sources are posted to that website as well. And then if they want to know more about us, uh, we're at farmfoodcareon.org.
1: Perfect. Kind of being on that cutting edge and being directed at farmers and the general public, you can kind of address any, like the mad cow disease, like you can address it from a farmer's perspective and kind of have that science-backed knowledge with it so that it's a way for Canadian agriculture to address the problem and not have any intermediaries getting in the way.
0: I think Farm and Food Care has always had a reputation for addressing the tough topics head on. You know, we we don't want to sweep anything under the carpet. I mean, agriculture is is a tough topic in itself, especially when we're talking to, you know, our target audience, those people in uh, downtown Toronto or uh, Ottawa or Vancouver, that they just don't know us and they don't know where to get their information. So um, we really, really want this booklet to be used. Uh, we're looking at putting it out across Canada in the winter. We'll be sending it to to all levels of politicians across the country, through media, through um, Egg in the Classroom Canada. Um, Our sister group is working on an educator resource, so then educators in their classrooms can use it. But I love the stories of farmers that just keep it and hand it out. So the farmer that will put it in their doctor's waiting room or their chiropractor, I have a close friend of mine who carries them and he puts them in the seat pocket of every airplane he flies on. And he <laughs> says, you know, who knows who the next Air Canada person is that pulls it and goes, oh, what's this? So I, I've just always said, you know, there's so many ways people can use it. And uh, the beauty of it is, it is that people do use it and they they come for it by the box load.
1: That must be exciting to see a publication that you've worked on for so long be taken up in such a way. I love
0: this booklet. I love the project. I had no idea back in 2006 that we were filling a gap such as this and you know some topics I think of chicken housing as an example a barn in BC looks very similar to one in Ontario where I live so you know you can write a national publication and do it justice but then this book also covers the regional diversity you know we've got a fruit grower in the Maritimes we've got a salmon farmer in in BC um, and kind of everything in between and so yeah I think we do a really good we do justice to our beautiful industry with this publication and can't wait to see people start to use it yeah
1: and that's part of the the difficulty when it comes to Canadian agriculture is that it's so broad and so diverse that it's it's kind of impossible to give a boilerplate and have it be representative of everyone
0: yeah, and this is not meant to be the encyclopedia of agriculture. This is meant to be, if you went to high school in my days, the Coles Notes version. So, uh, you know, this is little snippets about, you know, small, easy to read paragraphs. You know, you kind of want people to be able to pick it up in a waiting room and read a couple of pages of it and go, oh, I just learned something and maybe come back to it later. But uh, with lots and lots of sources and and places to go for more information if you're interested.
1: that's Great. Between the tours and this publication and other outreach, how have you seen kind of consumer or uh, like general public attitudes shift the past few years?
0: Like uh, our work is never going to be done. I um uh we we were presenting in Ottawa a couple of weeks ago, and I said to the audience, we were presenting to if we could take every Canadian to a farm. Books like this wouldn't be needed. Our virtual website wouldn't be needed. Groups like Farm and Food Care wouldn't be needed. But there is always going to be an interest. And, you know, we are now, what, 2% of the population or less working as primary producers in this country, feeding the remainder. And I think the pandemic, people became a lot more interested in where their food came from. They saw empty shelves, maybe, so they didn't take their food source for granted like they have in the past. Um, And we want to build on that. You know, if people want information about food and farming and the CCFI data says that 60% of Canadians really want to know more, um, we've got to be there to answer those questions. Kind of everybody, you, me, anybody working in this beautiful industry.
1: Yeah. That's, that's the only way the information gets out there. And an educated public is a public that will support agriculture. Absolutely. So, if there was one thing you would say that farmers benefit Mm -hmm. from knowing when it comes to interacting with the general public or talking about farming, what would you recommend?
0: I always just say, take the chance, you know, take the chance, have that conversation. Um, I was doing some training with a group of farmers last Wednesday and Thursday in Ontario. And, and I said, you just, you never know when the conversation's going to pop up. And so I've had, you know, the most interesting conversations in airports, There was an apple grower at one of my training sessions last week, and she talked about the fabulous conversation she has in the apple aisle at the grocery store. She, I think, deliberately hangs out there and then, you know, introduces herself and and talks about the beauty of an Ontario or Canadian apple versus one that's come thousands of miles from another country. And so it's always, you know, take the chance. Often I say to farmers, you're a little bit like leprechauns and unicorns. People would like to believe you exist, but they don't know where to find you. And so, you know, sitting in just in a seat at the airport waiting, you never know when you're going to have a great conversation. And so all of us need to have those conversations.
1: And that's another thing is that farmers are so passionate about what they do. And I think communicating that to people does a lot of the work.
0: Yeah. Um, I remember meeting a chicken farmer in Saskatchewan a few years ago, and he's taken some of our training, too. And he talked about how he always keeps videos on his uh, phone. And he, he and his wife like to go on cruises in the winter. And he said, you never know when you can get into a good chicken barn conversation at a dinner table on a cruise ship. And, and so he said he's always got photos of his flock, you know, day old, fully grown, the barn, his family, an aerial photo of his farm. And uh, I love that he, you know, he's, we've all got the technology now with smartphones. So you keep it at the ready and you never know when you might have that conversation.
1: I know you've just finished this edition so you probably don't want to start thinking about future ones but <laughs> what, what do you think like what do you see in the future as something that will continue to grow as a trend
0: I have no idea I mean then so this is the 2023 edition we won't have another one, one out now until 2026 uh we are always keeping a running list of topics in our um in our in our database as to what we should look for for the next edition and that really helps to shape us But I mean, things change. I had a very funny conversation last week with a 12-year-old in Ontario who thinks she should be in the next edition of The Real Dirt on Farming. And so I told her that if she wrote me a 500-word essay on uh, what made her a good candidate, because she doesn't think we have enough young people in this one. And, you know, if she's talking about 12-year-olds, she's absolutely right. So uh, anyway, I thought that was a fun conversation. So yeah, Who knows what 2026 will look like? We're just focused on getting the 2023 one out, but I'm excited to see the buzz and to see people excited about it.
1: I'm excited to talk to you folks in a couple of years and see how this one went. So thank you so much for speaking with me, Kelly. Perfect, thanks for your time today.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To hear more great research and perspectives from industry experts, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts or catch up on past episodes wherever you listen to podcasts.